All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Yeah, that silence you hear is uh, is because Brian Chesko's on the injured list. Probably something with a tooth, Dave. Or a seed. <laughs> right, we made that clear last week. <laughs> yes, we did have a laugh at Brian's expense because of his teeth last week. I'm about to have a laugh at Dave's expense because of his teeth in just a second. Can't but first, let's this. yeah, you don't even know what I'm about wow. to say. Love this. But first, let's recap where we are so far with our summer series. We obviously brought you our traditional promoted club episode, and then last week. We started to discuss our lineups, and we, we began the conversation with the premium players that we're interested in and the premium players that we're not. We defined premium a certain way. Go back and check out the last episode prior to this one in our feed, in your feed it, for our our podcast. There you go. Whatever. The Find words it. Are, the words are there somewhere. And, uh, and you can hear that conversation as we're just getting started. Today, Dave and I are going to dig in a little bit deeper into our lineups as a whole. And we're going to cover a couple of things along the way. But first, Dave, yes, I noticed something as I was listening back to the podcast episode last week. Okay. You gave me a heads up to this. But uh, listeners will remember, close listeners, those who actually listen, not Brian, but others who actually listen, will remember that we made a reference to you eating pizza on the podcast last week. Yes. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Which didn't really come through. They would have known, uh, listening back. You could hear the full mouth more than the crunching. I heard the crunching. It's fine. I called it out. Uh, Listeners might have noticed that we were in the midst of a conversation about double-digit priced players. Yes. And it went from Holland and Kane. Yep. To what seemed to be about halfway through Raheem Sterling. I'm not calling you out. I'm just letting listeners know that we know that that is how it went down. And and, and I'm assuming you're going to say why it went down. Well, it went down because you muted yourself because of your <laughs> crunching. And, and for- I never <laughs> unmuted myself. I didn't know until we were done for the most part with the podcast until I started recording. And I realized I, I you started a text production. to you and Brian. Yeah. And I'm like... Holy crap, there's an eight minute <laughs> where I am not audibly there. Well, and, what's and interesting. I was going to try to figure out a way to get around it. Scott's like, just cut it. And I'm like, well, we'll try to weave it in another way. So 
We will cover that information because I know exactly some of the information that I was covering. You and I will touch on it tonight. Yeah. We won't have the advantage of Brian telling me how dumb I am, but you will try. And uh, I don't think he will because I think we're all on the same page. Maybe. Basically, United fans are wondering why we hate Ronaldo and Bruno and skipped them. That's that's the main thing. We will get to them today, as you said, Dave, Fair and talk about that. I think we got enough of the Raheem Sterling at Chelsea conversation, but we'll cover those United premium players and uh, we have a new patron uh, to discuss and, yes, to, and to promote. And so we will do that a little bit later in this episode as well. We want you to be a new patron of our podcast as well. We've taken the approach of, of just asking for a tip. One, two, or three dollars per month. It's like giving a, a tip barista. to your barista. That's yep, it. That's exactly it. right. That's all we ask for. And by doing that, you can either be you know part of this podcast uh, when you do that, or you can uh, continue the conversation on our Slack workspace as well. Uh, for more information on that, go to our Patreon site. Look up FPL America Podcast. And we're starting to get the socials warmed up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, Dave. We yeah. have lineups to discuss. All right, let's do it. We no, we discussed a little bit of mine last week, so we, we can touch on it and then come back to yours, and we can also touch on those other spots. Let's do what we're going to do. Almost the same as Brian. Not not even close. All right. Well, let's start. Let's go front to back, shall we? Forward is the sexy position anyway. We did talk about premium players, and I know you don't have any, at least as of last week, you did not have any at forward. You only had Sun. I do not. That's correct. I do not have a Holland, Kane, or Ronaldo. All right. Tell me who your three forwards are. They are Gabriel Jesus. Okay. I mean, that's not earth-shattering there, right? Uh, <laughs> and then because of how the rest of my team set up, and I'm spending most of my money in the midfield, and I'm not just with one person, I don't have a whole lot of money left over. My next best, greatest striker is... At the moment, is Mitrovic. Okay. I'm on the, the Mitrovic train now. I'm not starting in week one against Liverpool. But, I'm, yeah, I'm with Mitrovic. And then I have the 4.5, 1.8% owned Mark Force of Brentford. Okay. Uh, so he is my the throwaway striker. He's a in, placeholder. Is, is the placeholder. Yeah, yeah for, for money sure. purposes. Mm-hmm. All right. So you wanted to make a bet with me about how many goals Gabriel Jesus would score at Arsenal this season? Yes. I, I, I want to say this before we get into that. Uh, Brian's going to be horribly disappointed that he's not going to be here for this bet. Well, we don't have to make it yet. There's uh, we plenty can. of time in the I don't pre-season. mind disappointing him. He's not going to listen to this, so he'll That's never true. know. That's true. Regardless. So with that said, Scott, why not have a bet? What are you hoping for? What What are you counting on as an Arsenal fan and as now a Jesus owner in your FPL lineup? How many goals are you counting on from him? Between 15 and 20. Okay. And I think 18 is reasonable. And that's a lot. 18 is a lot. It's a lot. I, I, think, I, I think a minimum 15. That's what I want to say. All right. So if we made a bet, you would say 15 or over. 15 or over. Yep. Yep. I, I would I – would, I would die on that hill, 15 or over. I'm intrigued. Okay. I don't see Jesus as, uh, quite frankly, as being precise enough to do that. Okay. And I I don't know. Uh, time will tell, I guess, if, if that's right or wrong. Um, I just don't see him doing a whole lot more for City Junior than he did for City. And look, I can't... By the way, I can say that because the Zinchenko signing is I official. Know. So I know. 
Arsenal is here to four, Man City <laughs> Jr. So, Scott, I know you're not watching Arsenal preseason games, and it's preseason. But what I've noticed from – because I'm an Arsenal homer, totally. So I'm on the Arsenal app. I'm a member or whatever. I see all the, all the interviews, all the after-match stuff, the training stuff, the chemistry uh, already – and also, Scott, because Arsenal has such a young team, there's not a huge older presence on the team. Jesus has won titles, right? Like, and there's a, there's experience there. He's 25. He's not wicked old, but Arsenal's so young. He kind of is one of the older guys, and he's won things. There's an interesting sort of leadership. I'm stepping into this role as the guy. I think that he's experiencing that he's never had before. Along with the fact that I think he just became a father, he's had a lot of changes. I'm saying I think this is a different guy. In the past, I can't argue against you, honestly, because you're like, well, show me. Totally fair. I'm just telling you what I've seen early on this season, and whether it's preseason, training behind the scene videos, because I probably watched too much. <laughs> there's something going on. And I, and my and, my devil's advocate take on what you're saying. I hear all of it. And I promise you, I'm taking it in. There's a little bit of a temptation, I feel. There's no question about it. By the way, Jesus is more owned right now than Holland. 60.5% of teams have Gabriel Jesus in them. <coughs> His price is too sweet to yeah, avoid. Yeah, I get that. And that's and that really is where the temptation is Scott, for me. let's be honest. If that price, if he scores 12, you're like over the moon. Yeah, I know. And that's the price makes me makes me wonder. But my devil's advocate take still would be that there is a difference between being on a club so you can touch the trophy and actually being part of a team, contributing to a team that wins the trophies. It's fair. And if he, like it, it, I mean, if that's the case, I'm gonna, you know, if just being on the team that's won trophies is enough, let me go get the third goalkeeper for Manchester City and sign them to my team. Right. right. It well, takes more than that. Understood. I think you're understating. He had a significant – I mean, go, go look at his minutes, right? I mean, he's been a significant – has he's, he been the, the guy? No, he's not been the guy. Uh, Pep has – interestingly, not, really never seems to have the a guy. guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for Aguero. And when he left, he said we can never replace him. Um, but even in the last couple of years, Aguero didn't play exclusively. He never had the guy. Yeah. And so, you know – all right. No, you're right. I mean, he's uh, obviously played more minutes in the third string goalkeeper than Scott Carson. Okay. I, sure. Okay. I get it. I think it's whatever. It might not even be Scott Carson. It doesn't matter. That's the name that came to my head. <laughs> All right. So it makes sense. And the masses agree with you. Uh, Holland is 60.0 as we sit here. Jesus 60.5. I'm guessing a lot of that 60% have both. What's shocking to me is this. This is people. These are people, Scott, in my opinion. And again, my take, obviously, what we do on this podcast, we make hot takes, okay? <laughs> so my thing is this. When I look at – when my brain looks at the top scoring forwards from last year, I see Kane at 192. I see Diogo Jota at 175. I see Ronaldo at 159 and Antonio at 140 and then Tony at 139. That's from last year. Okay. Now, that obviously does not include Holland. Right in there, it does not include every you know. Jesus is way on down there at one twenty. Yeah. he's a little bit behind Rashardson, but there's a lot of discount but if you look guys at Jesus's in that list. Minutes right, like they were 
hor- horribly horribly discounted. But my my point being, Lukaku's not on that list. But I don't know how if he'd been up on the top ten anyways. I don't think so. My my point being, when you go look at defenders, I started with Kane at one ninety two, Alexander TAA scored at two hundred eight. And he's four Cancelo pounds cheaper. Cancelo two hundred one. Right, right. Robertson one eighty six. Remember, Kane scored one ninety two. I got your point. Okay. Yeah. So I'm starting there, and then I get down to Van Dyke had a one eighty three. He's a six five. Yeah. Now again, it's all where the money is, and so what I'm talking about is why would I want to spend? And then it's the the gap is even larger when you get to midfielders. Mm-hmm. Salva Sun Bowen two um, fifties. Right. James Madison scored scored one eighty one. So. Uh, and James Madison was what eight, and Kane had a one ninety two. So and Kane was eleven, eleven five ish or whatever. Yeah. Well, points per pound, literally, you do spending a lot of money at the forward position is fool's gold. That's well, sucker money. Again, a lot of people are doing it. I'm not calling them fools, Scott. But uh, what I'm saying is, for me, when I make my lineup, I'm gonna I want to try to do it shift. along with yep. the facts. The facts are, at the end of the year, if you know, and obviously, look, the, the and we all know this: the midfield score more than any yeah. other position on the, average. Yeah, no, it yeah. just makes sense to me. The scoring is set up that way. It just makes sense to me. Why would I want to spend money on Holland and Kane? Yes, they're going to score goals, and they're probably if they both might score twenty. This is one thing, and quickly, we'll get off this. But I said this last week in part of my eight-minute blurb that was uh, nuked because I muted my <laughs> mic. Yeah. Go back and look at Holland's numbers from his last, I don't know, three years. 2019, 2020, Scott. He played 15 games in the Bundesliga, scored 13 goals. In 2021, he scored 27 goals and 28 appearances. Yep. Okay. In 21, 22, last season, he had 24 appearances, 22 goals. Okay. Yep. What I'm saying is he's pretty good in the Bundesliga, and I'm not saying that they have a Premier League defense every time, but they're still good. I respect the they're Bundesliga. They're good league, yeah. And so he's scoring a goal every game. But, Scott, his appearances are not high. Correct. Correct. Okay? And so uh, there's no way I'm spending that money. That's just me. Yeah. So, But you know who I would spend money on? A 6.5 Mitrovic who scored 43 goals in the championship last year. Yeah. Even on your scale, that's at minimum 11 to 12 goals. True. At six at and a six half, five? five pounds cheaper. I'm looking at Ollie Watkins in my lineup. If if Holland's going to score, I mean, he might score a ton of goals, but if he's doing it in 25 matches at 11 and a half pounds, but Ollie Watkins is going to score points playing 35 matches at seven and a half pounds, and he has any kind of decent season, I'm going with Ollie Watkins. I know. I know, and, and there's other good options out there, and yeah, there will yeah, yeah. be. As a, look, I think Mateta at like a five zero or five five is, so he's gonna turn some heads. And if and if you're looking, <sighs> yeah, I need to. There's know, gonna need, be guys yeah. who catch our attention. Remember, everyone after like two or three weeks wants the yep, wild card. Yep, we're gonna feel oh, that. Can we talk about that? Because there's a there's an extra wild card Wh- this which season. we mentioned last week. Yes, it's the World Cup wild card that we're all gonna get after I think it's 16 game weeks. But what that means is more than ever, Dave, I'm going to be very willing to wild card right away. Early. Early. Two, three weeks in. It's just bizarre how much we think we know now. I love that. And then how much we realize we don't know. Correct. The when the starts. real matches begin. It's just fascinating. There's no doubt. But I, I would say my advice would be don't hesitate to use that first half wild card because you're going to get another one in November. For sure. And then another one in January. What does your front line look like? 
Well, we only have one player that's the same, and currently that's Mitrovic. I hate that he's in my lineup, but you guys have convinced me. You and Brian. Both. I at least put my money where my mouth is. Well, right? mine's I mean, there it just too. makes it makes sense. I, it does. Right, at, the, at this moment, with the knowledge that I have at this moment, it makes sense. Yeah, that's right. And because I am spending a lot of money in my midfield, uh, we talked about that last week. We'll come to that as we get to the midfields here tonight. Uh, I do not have a premium forward. I have two seven and a half forwards. So basically, I've got a fully usable front line, unlike you, because you've got two forwards you can play, sure. really. I've got three forwards I can play that are all mid-range pricing. So Mitrovic is the cheapest, and then I've got two at seven and a half. I don't know what pa- Patrick Bamford has done, but I love having Patrick Bamford in my lineup. If he's scoring goals for Leeds, it makes me happy. So he's in my lineup, and then Ollie Watkins, as I already mentioned, for Villa. So I like that. It gives me a, a little bit of a forward rotation and options, which I'm always happy with. Can I speak into Bamford real quick? Sure. Love him. This is Jesse March's Bamford. Yeah. I mean, you f- you feel good about that? I mean, I do. I don't I, honestly. Think- I I I champion you because I don't think many people w- are going there. What's his ownership? His ownership is one percent. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to bank. Listen, he's proven that he can score in the league, and there's a hunger there. And and honestly, Scott, that might be a fantastic move. What's his What's his price? Is six five? Seven five. Seven five. Mm. I can't get to him. One yeah. percent seven fiver, Scott. I'm not gonna lie; that's a nice differential. I, I would love to criticize that more. I'm, I'm probably more on the jealous side of that, honestly. We and a lot of listeners are saying, "Go up half a pound to Jesus, like everybody else." I don't. I mean, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. If I'm arguing against Jesus, well, I wouldn't go against Jesus. I would say Jesus and. Bamford I like and, or, and or Mitrovic. I would love to somehow you know make some money, but I, I can't do it with the rest. Villa's playing at Bournemouth game week one. You think Ollie Watkins can't score in that match? Sure he can. Absolutely no, he can. Sure. Leeds is hosting Wolves. I can see Bamford poaching a goal if he plays. I I don't know if he I, again. I'm sitting here. I've I've done no research into Leeds preseason. We need, we need to figure out if, if he's playing in the preseason. Yeah, I mean there are red triangles abounding in FPL's website and app, and he does not have one. So there is that. Okay. I will say the third most owned forward is a Leeds forward, and it is not Patrick Bamford. No, it it's Sam Greenwood. By the way, four and a half. And, and as as we're about to get off this, I just want to bring this up. If you go with a Sam Greenwood, and what's his ownership? 27. 27. If people start making moves and they like, oh, I have to sacrifice Greenwood because I have to go in a different direction. Yeah. His, his price will drop. His 4.5. This is one of the reasons yeah. strategically I'm going with Marcus Force is because, number one, he's not going to play, but neither is Greenwood possibly. No, you want his low ownership. I want his low ownership because if people, they're, they're, if people sell him, his ownership's not going to change Dave, enough to drop. And go a step further. If you play your first half wild card game week two or three, and Greenwood goes down to a four four, you're going to take that extra a tenth early in the season. It sucks. Is so, but brutal. for you playing your wild card, gaining that tenth when you're switching from Force to Greenwood that's can help you. Now that's interesting. And if he ke- and, it, and he's twenty seven percent, if he drops a lot, you could look at four three, and that four three means you literally. Gain a tenth going. I don't love my 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 guys who probably aren't going to play to start the season again. My third striker position. I don't want them to. You're have not higher. playing. I don't want them to have a high ownership. No, he's your third 
player on your bench, but he gives you an option to maybe gain money when you wild card early in the season. It's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. All right. We, we mentioned your midfield last week. Run us through it again real quick. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I got currently Saka, Luis Diaz, Marez, Son, and, and Jared Bowen. And that's a great midfield. Sun is the is the only premium player that, as we're defining it, in that lineup. But that's a fully playable midfield. For, I think so. I, I don't think Salah's goals are going to outdo Diaz's by so much to offset a five-pound point difference. Five pounds is a lot. And and for that reason, you know the, the masses are agreeing with you, Dave. Right now, as we look at the lineups, 57% of lineups have Salah in them. The second most owned midfielder is Luis Diaz at 30%. 30%. I, yeah. I mean, everyone wants part of the Liverpool offense. And and for me, and again, it just depends on how you set your teams up. There's so many ways, and that's what's so awesome. Brian comments about this all the time. Like, go with, with you know, choose your way and just stick with it. And chances are by the end of the season, you're probably going to be okay. But, but just commit to it. And there's so many different ways to play. This is my pill to swallow at the moment. Um, I don't know. Look, I, you're going to play a lot of three five two. I, I will admit that Saka is a homer pick. I know where he ended up last year. He was top ten. I think sixteen percent owned, Dave. It's not that homerish. No, I know. I, I I think there's I think there's a good reason to play him. But I'm just saying, like I, Diaz for me, it's either you know if you're not going to have Salah, then you need to have Diaz. I want some of the some of that, and then because if Diaz can pr- produce anything close to Mane numbers. Then I want it at eight zero. Son yeah. is son, and I don't love that Salah's coming off. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll prove me wrong. I said this to my brother. He's like, "Why are you hating on Salah?" I'm not hating on Salah. I just he just signed a big contract. For me, it seems like every time someone signs a big contract, they don't produce like the year before. Like Brian said last week, if if Salah could somehow produce what like there's no way he can reproduce. The start of his last, last yeah, but there's year. a false dilemma. I when I re-listened back to the pod, I wished I had thought about this in the moment, and I didn't. I'm going to mention it now. Brian can't argue against it because he's okay. not here. But there's a false dilemma in what Brian said, which is that you don't like Salah's not competing against his first half performance last season. He does not have to repeat that to justify his price. He just has to perform well enough to justify his price. Now, yes, he did what he did. What was it, 15 goals or something at the start of the season, first half of the season last year? Something, something crazy, and then it dropped off. For me, it I, I just think it's going to be a better Sala. I do, at least the same. The contract is out of the way. It's not on his mind. Mane's out of the way. I hope, I'm thinking he's got a better relationship with Luis Diaz. I mean, that, that Mane relationship was always like super tense, and it only didn't become a thing because Jurgen Klopp is a leader of men. All right, there, there's lots of reasons here. Where I think Salah's going to be freer. He's going to he's going to be happier. Maybe he's going to he's going to play. I will say this: I'm considering. I, I talked with Lee Guerin earlier today, and he mentioned uh, what Salah's done opening day the last two years. And the last two years, it's been like against Norwich and against. He has scored like right full of. It's always against a team full itch. It well, it was against Norwich. And then it was yeah. maybe a Bournemouth no, year before. No, Liverpool gets Fulich. It's like contractually obligated. Fulich plays Norum. For sure. Norum. <laughs> For That's sure. the other one. Fulich plays Liverpool every year. That means it's either Norwich or Fulham right. because combined on, on, they are on full itch. itch. 
on opening day. Anyways, yeah. and, and, and it's that way. And Salah always does pretty well. He's going to score a penalty kick goal. Two years ago, he scored a hat trick. Tim Ream is going to give up a penalty, and Salah's going to score it, and I'm going to get double-digit captain points game week one. Two, weeks, Mark two, it two years ago, Salah scored a hat trick on opening day. Last year, he had a goal and two assists on opening day. So my fear is I don't own him opening day, and that's a problem. So what I'm considering doing is literally for first week owning him and then taking a hit and making the double transfer because I can't do a one-for-one doing a double transfer the following week and just taking a hit. So I'm considering that. That's all I'm saying. But Because here's the deal. Like Jared Bowen, I could sacrifice Jared Bowen. He's playing against City. I don't expect him to light the world on fire on week one. And so I think he gave you returns against City last season, though. Yeah, it's interesting. You might be right. West I remember Ham, having him. There's and a couple teams that, that played City well, and West Ham was one. Here's the other thing. West Ham's at home. Diaz and Laporte are not in great health, so their center backs might not. In fact, I think I'm it was Laporte. You, man. Laporte might not be there to start the season. Cities. I like Bowen game week one. I'm is, not scared. Well, I, Hot take. I'm, I'm not saying, scared. I got if I were to bring Salah in against Fulham for one week, then I might have to do some stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I haven't done it. I'm thinking one about it. One week, he plays Palace after he plays Fulham. And then they're United. You're not I, scared of United's defense. I know it says red in the color-coded system, but we know how ridiculous that system is. I would rather Then have, after United, it's Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton, Wolves. If I, on, add, if I add Salah into my lineup, I'm getting rid of a Saka and a Bowen or a Diaz and a and a Bowen, and I'm ending up with Neto and some throwaway four point five midfielder. That's my concern. Well, my there is strength in, in my opinion in spreading that that Salah money around. I know no matches have been played, but we said this briefly last week. I'll emphasize it again this week. It's a lot of fun how we can play this so many different ways right now before the season starts. What does your midfield look like? Salah and Son anchor it, and I feel great about that. Which means you have no one else. <laughs> Son is at home against Southampton game week one. Not scared. The rest of my midfield looks like Jared Bowen. Okay, great. Marcus Rashford. Oh, man. Which was the result of last week's pod. Right. And then I kind of have a throwaway fifth midfielder, but it's Chelsea's Billy Gilmore. Which feels like a decent throwaway fifth midfielder. At least, as long as his ownership's low, right? Don't Don't... Don't own anyone who's going to have zero point six percent. Perfect. That's the perfect guy to own. Yep. So, do you know actually? I Scott, might... that's a good midfield. I mean, honestly, to have Jared Bowen and Rashford, I think Rashford is going to be one of these steals, and it's killing me at the moment that he's not in any of my lineups. So, I think Rashford owning Rashford is going to end up being a must within within two weeks. So at six five, I think it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, for That's sure. That's good. That's good. I, I love it. We said – I said last week when I teased this episode that we would look at things through the uh, the scope of percentage ownership so far. In the context of the fact that we have a segment that we do on our show called the Dumb Mass, mass move, move of the Week because it's it's all about what the masses are doing. Correct. They dictate the market, right? And, you know, price is rising, price is falling. That's going to really suck for all of us as the season gets started because the masses are dumb. But when I look at midfield ownership, the masses are they're pretty smart. All right. D- K- KDB is down there at 15 percent. That's pretty low. That's, that's pretty, like that's ninth, sh- ninth overall. Of his price is yep. where he should be. Exactly right. Rashford is 10th. 
right behind KDB because of his price. It is where it should be, maybe even higher. I really love the fourth owned, fourth most owned midfielder. Which is? Andreas Pereira. You remember his name because he was one of those kids that would come in occasionally for United for, under is OGS. Is he with Forrest now? He's with Fulham. Fulham. He's with Fulich. He is, at, he is with Fulich. He's at 4.5. And honestly, that one makes sense to me. I think the masses are right. Gilmore might need to become Andreas Pereira in my lineup because it's that set. gives me five midfielders. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not worried about his price because if he plays and starts for Fulham, well, people you, aren't you, bailing on him. You're just looking for yeah, you're looking for a two or three from Andreas Pereira. I'm, I'm right? doing that right now, Dave. Because Gilmore's going to come yes, off the bench. I love on the pod changes. I yeah. do it all the time. I love on the pod changes. You know what scares me though? Hmm. <laughs> and this is this lineup is sure to be changed a ton. Understood. But like, I have no City players, but I have two Fulham players. What? kind of sense does that make? He might be in a great position. All right. I do have two city players though. All right, so I, so, I want Morris. So I really quick, do want to find a way full, to get to Morris. My my just in review, I have Saka at this moment. I have Saka Luis Diaz, Morris Son and Jared Bowen. You have Son Salah, Jared Bowen, Marcus Rashford and Andreas Pereira. Is that correct? Yes. You just made the Andreas you made the Billy Gilmore to Andreas Pereira move. It is official. You were following the masses. Okay. Um, I know we mentioned my defense last week, so I'll breeze through that quickly, and we'll go right to yours. I have, uh, in no particular order, Matty Cash, Virgil van Dijk, Nico Williams, Joao Cancelo, and Kieran Trippier. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Nico. We, I, I want to say this. I, we were This pod was on Nico when he was still in Liverpool because we knew that he was uh, going to Forest. I owned him when he was still a Liverpool player. Obviously, his uniform has changed. He's a he's a Forest player at a recent decently high transfer at seventeen million, if I remember correctly, Scott. And I'm not a brainiac, as we all know. Yeah, that sounds so. Right. My point being is, Forest spent some decent cash on him. Nico will absolutely be starting. I saw him play enough games at Liverpool. Love the kid. I want Nico, and I love what Forrest is doing. Scott, you and I were talking off mic. We love what Forrest is doing. doing. So I have, again, Matty Cash. I wanted part of Liverpool defense. Virgil was where I went. If I knew that Matip had the starting spot, I would go there. But I went with Virgil instead. He is Mr. Consistent. I went with Joao Cancelo because he is absolute just freaking stud. Kieran Trippier at 5-0 and Matty Cash at a 5-0. I just... I, I could be talked off of tri- Trippier possibly and making him change there. I don't have any money to spend. Uh, I'm I'm zero dollars in the bank. Matty Cash, I, I know what he did last year, and 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 he has the opportunity to have some big games. So I'm pretty comfortable with my defense. Good, that's great. Where are you? I'm having to play it a totally different way. Although there are a couple of names. Well, honestly, the majority of the names are the same, but some of the key names are different. So I also have Cash and Trippier and Nico Williams. But I also have Reese James at six pounds, kind of anchoring my defense. And I have Tomiyasu at four and a half. Okay. I, I like him as, as my best option at four and a half pounds. Now, I will say this, again, as an Arsenal guy. Yeah. I love Tomiyasu. He has yet to show up to Arsenal preseason. He is one of the four players who have not shown up yet. They're not injured bad, but they have not showed up in preseason yet. And, Scott, chances are he won't be there in my opinion, unless you see him play 
against Sevilla, their last game before, unless he starts that match. Whoever starts that match, uh, Arsenal's last preseason match, that's probably who's starting the next week. I said this on our YouTube channel. If you aren't following us there, I'm doing some longer, like five minute videos on our YouTube channel. I did say that I'm not really paying attention to preseason matches too much yet, but the last weekend of July, first weekend of August, you know, starting with the Community Shield on the 30th. City and Liverpool are going to put their best lineups out for the new season in that match. Right. And any other friendlies that are happening, preseason matches that are happening that weekend, that's a week out from the start of the season. You're probably going to see Premier League clubs putting out their best 11 as much as they can, kind of preparing for game week one. That's when I'm going to really pay attention. Yep. So that's a good point, and it gives me the chance to reiterate that. Now let me ask you this. There's a couple of names. They're name brands. They're, they're Premier League name brands at the same price point as Tomiyasu. So if you're saying, as an Arsenal fan, eh, maybe not I'm just not saying there. I love him. I, I'm not, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if you should pull the sure. trigger yet. Game, I, I want a game week one lineup. So yeah. if he's not the best choice, you know, James Justin is playing home to Brentford. Same price point. Right. I like okay. that guy. Yes. So we haven't talked enough or about... Or Tariq Lamptey, but he's so at United. I will say this, and, and, and I don't think Brian might... Uh, and, uh, Brian and I will be recording next week because you'll be out of town. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out Brian's lineup next week. He might have some Leicester players. I think this podcast has not talked enough about Leicester players. Think they have a bounce back season? They're always pretty good. And I think they, I think they do have a bounce back season. And my, my point being is this: I think James Justin, who was injured much of last year, yeah, might have a good bounce back season. He so specifically at a four five. I just I would love uh, again. Let's check the lineups. He's a fullback. A week before he gets forward, absolutely. Like he and, can, he can and do... he is talented. And I think they want to play him. Yep. So I, I just think I made the change. I don't hate that. Cha- I don't tell me Asu to Justin. Yeah, as we're I don't. Here. I don't. I don't have no issue with that. Just make sure he's starting, right? I do want. I do want Cancelo. I do want Mares, but I. I don't have the money with the way my lineup that's is set up right now. Because Asala's sucking up all your money. Well, and you know what? I guess that's my homer pick because I really am not considering coming off Mosala to start the season. Now, will I be quick to leave him if I need to be? I mean, it'll take me three or four weeks, probably. Could that sink my season? Maybe. We'll see. That'll be the story. Mo Salah always ends up being the story of the FPL season, does he not? He's, yeah, he does. It's when you have him, and then it's when you don't. That is what determines success in FPL. It's tough to argue that. Yeah. All right, Scott, goalkeepers. I've got Aaron Ramsdale and Robert Sanchez. All um, right. Now... It's interesting, Dave. We, we probably should discuss this. When you look at what the masses are doing, the number one goalkeeper is not Aaron Ramsdale at 5.0, who I have in my lineup. It's actually a different 5.0 goalkeeper, Ed Mendy, for Chelsea. Yeah, at 26.4%. And the fact that Chelsea starts the season at Everton makes me wonder. As someone, Makes you wonder what? Like, Ever- Everton's been like, are they going to wear their... They're pink kits. They're little cute pink kits. I mean, Not that there's anything wrong with pink. I love pink. I wouldn't want it as my football kit. Well, that is, um, you know, <laughs> you want a reason to join our Slack workspace by wow. contributing at Patreon? For sure. I asked the question. I'm waiting for a good answer. 
I don't understand kit fashion. On our Slack workspace, everyone's like, oh, Arsenal's away kit. Is oh, awesome. it is amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. And then and then we look at the Spurs, whatever kit that was, and it's apparently it's fluorescent and or blue light, blue light sensitive or something. I don't know. But I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't understand why everyone freaks out about the kits. I don't. Who cares? No, Scott, look. Uh, I still have. Puma baggage as Arsenal had a uh, contract with them for like four years, <laughs> minimum maybe four or five. And Puma it was brutal. baggage. Puma baggage for sure. That will definitely be the title of this pod. And I love what Adidas has done. Adidas, I'm sorry, Scott. It matters. I'm. I haven't ordered an Arsenal the kit. The kit matters. Brian, you're not Brian. Scott, nope, I have nope. not had an Arsenal kit, and I own like three or four. And since before Puma got that contract. I did not order. I didn't love the ones last year. They were fine. I didn't hate them. Who cares? I am absolutely ordering a long sleeve black away kit All for right. Arsenal this year. It, it doesn't is matter. So I don't even spot care. on. But I, League I, Diane, League Diane, comment on the fact she's oh, a Spurs fan. Yep. She agreed, and she agreed that the Spurs away was but brutal. I and ask it is. again, who cares? Everyone who cares. Really cares. Everyone cares. I don't care. Scott, if you showed up every day. To your workplace, and and there was no dress code, and you could dress. You, people could just show up in pajamas. How would how would things change? Things would abs. It is scientifically. You're proven. asking a guy who started working from home during the pandemic. I <laughs> I haven't you worn know. I haven't worn pants for two and a half years. Separate. Okay, think back. To when, like, you could wear what you had had to go to work, and you had, I had to, to wear, wear dress code, collared and, shirts, and pants, and, and nice and pants. Why? Because you work better, like, than showing oh, up come lo- wearing on. house you slippers think, and son, pajama pants. Come on, you're a sun owner. You really think that he's going to score fewer FPL points this season because his kit is blue light sensitive? Oh no! Now, oh my gosh! Now I'm reconsidering sun in my lineup. Oh my gosh! I cannot! I cannot! I need different hosts joining me on this podcast. This is ridiculous analysis. Oh man! But I get the Ed Mendy. Everton is like I've okay. Let me let me be clear. All right. For consistency's sake, I need to say that I have never put a lot of stock into preseason results. All right. Everton has sucked in the preseason, wow. right? Wow. Like hard. Now, you know what's wow. ironic, Dave, is that their last loss in preseason was to my Minnesota United loons. All right? This is not an MLS podcast, but I'm from Minnesota, born and raised. Okay. I'm a Minnesota United fan. All right. They crushed Everton. And can I just say, Minnesota United's in great MLS form right now. Okay. But in no way should they defeat Everton, even a preseason Everton, when Everton starts their best 11. Scott, they do. They get demolished, bro. 4-0. Um, That's bad, right? I Listen, I agree. I, I, I don't take a ton of things from preseason because most a lot of teams, I know for Arsenal's sake, they're only playing their top guys half the game, and sometimes they're not the top guys. All the top guys aren't playing together. But I've been watching the games, and it's like when, when all of a sudden, when like Arsenal played the first half against Orlando City, and at halftime they bring in Odegaard and Jesus and Gabrielle and a few other guys, and all of a sudden the game changed. And then at the 60 minute mark, they brought in Xhaka and Partey and Will, William Saliba, 
and all of a sudden, like, the game changed again, and Arsenal's now is just, just completely demolishing them. Bro, it it matters. It it does. It matters some. Like, And I know that my brother Matt will has mocked me because two years ago when Liverpool won the title, they were garbage in the preseason. And I'm like, you just can't flip a switch. And, yes, Liverpool technically came in and proved me wrong and flipped a switch. But I will stand by that statement of you can't just come in and flip a switch unless, like, you're one of the top teams in the world. Okay? And Liverpool was that year. So back off me, brother. Go find a hole and <laughs> dig a hole in the sand or something. But my, my point being is, like, not everyone can do that. And uh, Scott, Everton barely escaped relegation. I know. They are on track. Have they made any big signings? No. No. They are. I'm telling you, Everton Football Club is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think that if you're a betting person, you, you put your money on Frank Lampard as the first manager sacked, right? Yes. Because after those after last season and now these results in preseason, if I'm the owner, I'm I'm looking and I'm saying, Okay, you when the matches start, you better do something Look, right away. Chelsea lost to Charlotte FC, another yeah. MLS team, in a shootout. They had a last-minute penalty. Connor like, Gallagher. Connor, Connor Gallagher just had, had the worst. But, like, that's different than getting whipped 4-0, Scott. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's different than getting it whipped is. It is. How you lose does matter for sure. It, it definitely impacts how you feel about it. Getting back to things that are important, Scott. Goalkeepers. I just made the change. Okay. I so went now- from Ramsdale to Mendy because I want Mendy at Everton game week one. Wow. I don't with, with Sanchez with the Sanchez Ramsdale combo. I don't like my game week one matchups. I'm sorry, but no offense, but I know what Arsenal does away on a Friday night. On, I I hate that I'm so, I hate that I'm so right about this. <laughs> For any look, I'm gonna try to recreate a little bit real quick, and it could be, and we need to end this soon. I I'm trying to recreate a little bit of my take at the end of last season. When I finally started looking at the numbers, and if you want to really know, go back to like week seven or week 38 of the pod last season where I finally looked at the stats and numbers and saw that how many game, times Arsenal played on a Friday or, or Monday night, and they were always away. And, I'm, and I made the joke they like, points. Scott, they drop points every time. Yeah. And I made the joke of, why does the Premier League hate Arsenal? They're putting the youngest team – Statistically, fact they put out the youngest Arsenal put the youngest team out in the Premier League last year, and and I joked that they were staying up past their bedtime on Friday and Monday <laughs> nights, and that's why they're always so poor. But they always put them away, and if they're not starting the season away at Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace last year gave Arsenal and City more trouble than any other team, so I'm like, really. Like, we got to go away to, to Palace. So I know what's going to happen already, Scott. Arsenal, at minimum, is going to draw that match and or lose it. 2-0, 2-1. Oh, there'll be goals, but it'll be like 1-1 one, one or – like, and, It'll and, be something that doesn't make me want Ramsdale. there will be the same narrative that will happen last year, that happened last year. Oh, look at Arsenal. Here they go again. They're going <laughs> to suck. Blah, blah, blah. I will and say. And then I'm going to come back and say, yeah, pump the brakes. Yep. It was away yep. Friday night at Palace. They were jacked up, ready for the season. Dave, Dave, just say same song, different verse. Same song, different verse. But yeah. honestly, Scott, I think the boys learned something from life. I agree. And so but- I, I think it's going to be a – look, Palace is good. Here's the thing. Vieira literally has top four 
dreams. That he he's thinking that like there's no reason that we can't do. West Ham was close last year, yeah, and so he's he's thinking there's no reason we can't be close. Vieira has those boys believing, and and honestly, if they don't have many injuries, so they might have a shot that they have a chance to make top four. If Arsenal can just draw that match, I'll be happy. Okay. Just just draw away at Palace. Well, I I think I as silly as that sounds, I think that is actually a decent draw. Considering last year, Arsenal struggle on Friday and Monday nights. Well, I've gone Tomiyasu Ramsdale to Justin and Mendy as we're recording. Who are your goalkeepers? Ramsdale and Gazaniga. So Who are I, you starting with game week one? Ramsdale. You're going <laughs> to roll the dice. Yeah. I'm, I'm committing. Well, Gazaniga is a, is a full itch, right? He's a full and itch goalkeeper. Full itch is trying to sign... <laughs> Arsenal's keeper Burnt Leno, and they can't seem to agree on a price. So at the moment, Gazaniga is their starter at a four zero. I don't, I don't anticipate that. Yeah, but if they can sign Leno, like even last minute, he, he can get in there and be their starting goalkeeper game week one. It, it's yeah. So, but I'm not what you're starting a Fulham keeper again at Liverpool. No, I think not. But yeah, you're starting a Arsenal goalkeeper Friday night at Crystal Palace. I think not. There, there's a better chance. We're looking <laughs> there, at chances here. True, We're looking at chances. True. But I, look, right. I, Ramsdale has a great starting uh, rest of the fixtures, even though I hate the first one. So, Well, let's wrap this up by highlighting the fact that Damien has joined the ranks. He is in our Slack workspace. I love it. He is a new patron to the site. He visited patreon.com and tipped the barista. That is us, Dave. You and For, Oh, I love being a barista. Yeah. I love being tipped. Wait. <laughs> Easy. That didn't come out right. Yep. Anyway, Damien, thank you so much. Welcome aboard. We want to mention you on this episode. And thank you for joining uh, our inner community. Anyone who's listening can do that. But also make sure that you just join the FPL America Podcast League. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Scott, you want to give away the code live here? B-M-F-F-P-B. Say it again. B-M-F-F-P-B. Are all my plosives coming through here on the mic, I think, Dave? I think you're doing fine. All right, thank you. Yes, that's how you can join the FPL America Podcast League. You are not going to be automatically re-added. We have reset it post-pandemic. Well, are, are we post-pandemic? Semi. Okay. It, this better be post. If this is a post-pandemic, I don't know what is. It's a new phase of our podcast. Fair We're enough. resetting uh, things with our league, and so please put that code in. Make sure that you rejoin it. You do have to rejoin it. You will not be automatically added back in. I'm excited to see some of the familiar names that are being added back in. The way that this is going to go the rest of the summer is that next week, Dave and Brian are going to have an episode where Brian's going to go through his lineup. That's right. And uh, and Dave will banter with him. And then on August 1st, we're going to sit down. That's a Monday. We're going to. It's the last Monday before the season starts. Right. It'll be our final summer episode where we'll talk about our final changes to our lineups, hopefully helping you out with setting your lineup, and then the new season will begin we'll also discuss some new signings and one thing yeah. we haven't mentioned any signings tonight that makes sense and or that are fpl relevant sure Scott, you and i were briefly talking about this jesse lingard jesse lingard to forest going to forest yeah is gonna i think very possibly have a christian erickson type of well, impact well we didn't talk about him either i think christian erickson makes united better he does make united better and we have not talked about him Maybe that's something that Brian and I can talk about next week because I think that's absolutely going to be relevant, especially 
as Christian Erickson as listed as a is it six, six and five. a half? Yeah. So it, is, is he going to be taking corner kicks? Well, listen again. Manchester United, uh, and, and we haven't talked much hey, about. Hey, Bruno. can I have twenty four players in my starting lineup? No, you cannot. Right. We we haven't talked much about Bruno. We haven't talked much about Ronaldo. Well, um, I... and we haven't talked Jaden Sancho, and we haven't talked Rashford, and we haven't talked Erickson. So I want I want to and or Martial, who has started off. The, Mar, if Martial Scott, if there's still some Ronaldo baggage going on, and Martial starts the season for United at seven zero, seven zero. That's Scott, cheaper than Watkins. Cheaper than Bamford. Yes. Yeah. That needs to be considered. It's and, true. And he has been. So all and all I'm saying is like United there's United assets that I think are gonna be massively underpriced. That and absolutely under owned. Yes, absolutely under owned and worth the value. And I want this podcast to recognize that because we haven't talked about them. I do not want them to be left out. And Brian and I will revisit some of these more in depth next week. Scott, with that being said, for the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.